What do you need to know to successfully use voluntary benefits to help your small and mid-market clients construct an effective benefits program? We'll find out on part one of our look at voluntary benefits on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. The Protect Plans are proud to sponsor this episode of Shift Shapers in honor of brokers like you. Brokers committed to bringing their clients cutting-edge healthcare coverage. The Protect Plans are safe and simple, fixed-cost, self-funded medical coverage with wellness and transparency built in. Learn more at www.protectplans.info. We know that one of the areas that listeners are really interested in learning more about, because we've gotten some requests to do this, is about the ever-growing area of voluntary benefits. There's an awful lot of interest in that. It's gone from being kind of a, five years ago, it was kind of a sleepy add-on for a lot of people to being a key part of people's business or something they desire to be a key part of their business. And so we're going to do a two-part series on voluntary benefits. And today we're going to focus on the small to mid-sized marketplace. And let's call that for definition 10 to more or less 250. We know everybody's got their own definitions. Next week, we'll focus on the larger group market. And the reason is that they, while there are some things that are obviously in common, there are some key differentiators as well and some, some things that we need to kind of keep in mind that differentiate this area from the larger group area. So with that, we're really pleased to welcome to the podcast Matt Bayshore and Gail Stark of Evolve Marketplace. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you, David. We're happy to be here. Well, thank you. We appreciate you spending some time and sharing your expertise with the Shift Shapers audience. Let's go back and level set. I mentioned it in the opening a few years ago, voluntary benefits looked a lot different than it was today. You guys have been at this for a long time. What did that marketplace look like, let's say pre-ACA or five years ago? I think pre-ACA, what happened was there was a lot of focus on more on the health insurance, the core side of the business, and voluntary benefits was really put to the wayside. It was kind of a secondary option. If it was in there, great. If not... Uh, no big deal. Nobody really focused on voluntary benefits other than the true VB guys. And so now as you're seeing a shift in ACA healthcare, uh, you're seeing voluntary benefits rise to the top of that ladder and becoming more important. Whereas the core side and the health insurance side, as it becomes a government run program, is uh, falling down the ladder. And so we see a huge opportunity for brokers and agencies out there uh, to really get involved in this space. The products that are being offered are very different today than they were back then. Let's talk about what did people think about five years ago when you talked about voluntary benefits? What did people think about as core products that were being offered or core coverages that were being offered? Well, in the voluntary benefit world, the, uh, the ones that that you really had was was what we call worksite products, kind of the accident and the the cancer, the critical illness, that type of product. That was really the traditional activity that you went into a a client with and and worked with them on those things. As things have moved along and evolved, it it really has 
made a difference with what it is that you're looking at. And, and we're starting to see more of the group products and things like that as a coming into line also. And of course, the one that's really playing quite big now is the non-insurance insurance, the, the telemed type programs. You touched on a couple. Let's expand that a little bit more. There are a whole range of benefits that are being offered under the umbrella of voluntary that folks never, never even thought about five years ago. What are some others? Well, when you have the whole range of products really, really comes down. You, you have the gap uh, products when you have the, the medical insurance. I mean, one thing that Obamacare has done is, is it has caused the out-of-pocket expenses to go way up. And, and so people really have to work uh, uh, to try to control those out-of-pocket expenses. So you have medical gap plans uh, that come into play now that when you put those in place, they can really help uh, decrease and mitigate those out-of-pocket expenses. That's really kind of a big deal. The non-insurance products, you have a lot of those, the the vision and dental uh, benefit programs. You have uh, many types of activities that are just able to be put into place to help control those out-of-pocket expenses. I, I think looking, really trying to look out into the future, that controlling of those out-of-pocket expenses is going to become more and more important because no one likes to have a $4,000, $5,000 bill that they have to pay as they leave the hospital. And yet there, there are some additional benefits that are being talked about now. I know some of, some of the clients that I talk to are talking about things like identity theft and legal protection or even something that new, was new to me, financial wellness tools. Are you, are you starting to see a move to those areas as well? Sure. I think what we do is we do a good job of really simplifying because when you look at the sea of voluntary benefits, there's a million and it's very easy for brokers to get overwhelming. So you've got your traditional worksite products like accident, cancer, critical illness, disability in life, non-insurance, as we've already talked about, is increasing uh, very quickly with all the breaches with identity theft, telemedicine, uh, legal You've even got things like pet insurance, wellness, and then discount programs, even stuff like just RX discounts or dental and vision discounts. As as benefits are moving more from an employer paid, here's your benefits program, more to a voluntary pick and choose or a defined contribution model, these benefits that consumers and employees hear in the news are becoming more important than they ever have. Well, and it really is kind of a, for lack of a better phrase, it is kind of from an employee's perspective, it's kind of a Burger King universe. They want to have it their way. It's important, isn't it, for employers to be able to allow employees to select benefits that resonate with their needs and their family's needs. Is You're seeing more of that, I presume. We are. There's not a one-size-fits-all across the board. There's, there's many different needs that have to be filled. So you guys work a lot with advisors. If I'm an advisor... And I've never offered voluntary products to my prospects and my clients. Coach me up. What is that conversation like? If I say to you, hey, fellas, I've got a prospect this afternoon. It's a 135 life case. I want to start talking to them about voluntary benefits. How does that conversation go? What do I say to that employer? Well, it's really a, a fairly simple conversation because when the advisor comes and, and says, okay, I have this case. I need to work on this case. He's, he's really at a point, usually a very, very little knowledge in the voluntary benefits side. So we're able then to uh, advise the advisor 
and and work with them and, and make sure that they understand the different activities that are available. So you have not only the work site, but you might have the specialty or the non-insurance, and you work it through that. But then you also have to work with the how are you going to enroll, how are you going to bill, how are you going to you know have the entire package so that they can they can work with that and understand it. And what happens then is is that to the advisor, it can look much more complex than it actually is. And so when when we work with them, we try to help them look at it as a simple, you know, just fix this part, then fix that part, and see what we can do. From an employer perspective, is part of the pitch that, you know, you're no longer really getting the kind of loyalty and and appreciation that you got for the core plans that you might have gotten in the past, that this is something that will help you attract and retain as opposed to just offering a, a core medical plan? Yeah, absolutely. When you're the advisor and you're talking to the employer themselves, then th- this is, is really a benefit that they can have. And frequently, with the way the ACA has worked out, the employer costs can actually end up being less. And at the same time, if they happen to do a defined contribution or something along that lines with this, then they can really provide their their employees with a with a richer plan than they had before. You know, they just haven't worked down this way before. And one other thing, David, we when we talk to advisors and brokers, we look at the entire process. So we're not selling to them just a product. We're looking at a solution. What are your needs? What are your clients' needs? And how can we put together a process? Whatever that looks like, is that product and carriers or is that enrollment or is that billing? What do those solutions look like that you and your clients need in order to fit the strategy that you have going forward? Well, let, let's look at a few of those things that, that Gail outlined a, a couple of answers back. In a generic sense, guys, I can't imagine going into an employer and dropping eight or 10 different benefits on them and saying, we're going to help people select these during solely during an employee meeting. How important is it for, in, in the space that you guys work in, in that, in that small to mid-sized space, the 10 to 250, how important is it to be able to bring technology to the table? Or can you do it without technology? I think you can do it without technology. It's a longer process, but the overall goal is to make things very quick, very simple, and very efficient for the small to mid-sized case. Because a lot of times when you're dealing with smaller companies, they're not used to the robust benefits packages. They're not used to all the options and the choices. And so the more simple you can keep the offerings and the way that you enroll it, the better off you are. And I think the more success you'll see. Yeah, there's there's no question that when you enroll, that if you can get face-to-face with the employee, you're going to have a much better result as you go along, particularly since most of these products are, you know, voluntary and they're not going to be employer paid in many instances. So if you can sit across the desk from somebody and actually talk them through it, your, your participation level is going to be much higher. But that's not as practical today as it was in the past. And now a word from our sponsor. Level Premium self-funded programs have been around for some time. The first generation offered employers the opportunity to get a refund if their group's claims were lower than expected. Meet the next generation, the Protect Plans, delivering simple and safe, fixed-cost, self-funded medical coverage with refund assisters 
that pay cash rewards to employees who improve and manage their health, helping employers earn those claims refunds. The PROTECT plans deliver quality and pricing data on in-network facilities, and they include the expertise of experienced insurance executives and actuaries to review program expenses. The PROTECT plans also deliver proven, quality administration and Aetna's strong national PPO network. They also feature only AM-best A-rated stop-loss carriers and proven third-party administration. There's the first generation of level premium programs, and then there's the PROTECT plans. Safe and simple, fixed-cost, self-funded medical coverage with refund assisters. Learn more at www.protectplans.info. Let's touch on another area that I know, you know, I've heard a lot of criticism about over the years as we as we build out these bigger and fatter or more multi-part, if you prefer, benefits packages. And that is, you know, I'm the HR person or I'm the payroll person in a small company. Lots of times it's the same person. And I'm not really thrilled about the notion of of bringing in six new carriers and six new bills, all of which I have to reconcile every month and none of which ever seem to be right. Again, is, is there a crossover someplace between ten and and two fifty in the in the, the markets that we're talking about today, where technology is a big help in overcoming that? I think so. I think going with the simple mentality, you've got to be able to working in the small to mid sized market. You've got to be able to keep it simple for the client. And by simple in that regards, that's consolidating. If you do have six carriers, which is a lot. I would recommend consolidating the bill into one so that when an employer has to reconcile a bill, um, it's just one time and not six times because they are a lot of times just one person. And so they need as much time back as they can get. And so partnering with a good TPA or a good administrator on the back end to really help in that process, uh, you almost can't go without it today. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that that could be a killer objection at point of sale. Correct. So from a, a more parochial standpoint, you know, we all understand that commission compression on core products, especially with what's been going on with ACA, is key. And I think that puts a couple of pressures on advisors. One, of course, is obviously their top line. And then the second is their bottom line. They've got to be able to not only be effective, but they've got to be efficient these days. Is this something that can make a significant difference to a practice in terms of top line income? Absolutely is. The fact of the matter is, is that as you present more product and you're able to sell more, you're going to, the commission is going to be there. It's not exactly the same as when you're selling health insurance as you work through there. You know, there's a lot of advisors out there who have, have made a pretty good living over the years just selling the voluntary benefits. So now extending that and incorporating that into a practice uh, certainly can be another revenue stream for that practice and, uh, and one that can be uh, maintained. It's not a one and done. It is a type of revenue that can be maintained and incorporated from year to year to year. And, and one thing that we've seen kind of across the board in talking with a lot of brokers is medical and core is just not enough anymore. And I think the evolution of the broker is going to take the strictly voluntary broker and the strictly core broker, and there's going to be a merge in the middle to create a truly consultative broker that's going to have to have both sides of the house in order to, A, fulfill the needs of the client, and B, 
make up for the lost income that, as you said, the decreasing commissions on the core side are uh, keep coming down the line. Voluntary benefits is a great way to fill that gap or that void in the commission space. And not only in the commission space, but when you look at the commissions and then you and then you look at what it's doing, which is mitigating the out-of-pocket expenses that the employee has, it becomes a pretty compelling story for the broker. It becomes a pretty compelling story for the employer at the same time. It really can be something that's very effective for everyone. They may not all benefit in the same way, but everyone who touches this should benefit in some way. Do you find that when an advisor is approaching either an existing client or a prospect who's never encountered, never used, never offered voluntary benefits, do you find that over a period of time, they maybe start by dipping their toe in the water with just a few key products, and then the following year, once they have a comfort level, they expand? Or, or these days, are they mostly going whole hog? Yeah, my experience has been that you're more likely to dip your toe in the water first as you go through there. Now, obviously, in the perfect world, you're going to come in with the entire portfolio that you might have. But that will overwhelm, you know, not only the advisor that never has worked in this before, but also the employer as he's doing that. So so coming in with a couple of products and, and also getting the employee, you know, accustomed to seeing these and looking at them and, and uh, understanding, you know, how they work and, and how they're able to benefit from them. So, yes, I would I would say it's one of those ease your way in. Find out uh, what works and what doesn't work for you and your clients and and then go full bore. Keep it simple. Always good advice. I mean, one of the things that advisors today are trying to focus on is creating deeper and stickier relationships. In your guys' experience, does the addition of voluntary benefits increase retention? My, My experience is that it just helps you come across to the employer as really a, a consultant, a, a consultative advisor for them, and that you have their best interests at heart and that you understand that that everything that's going on with ACA and everything else is really causing them some difficulties. So trying to work through that and to really become the advisor that, okay, I have really thought about this, I want to help you, and this is what I have come up with is a great way to go into uh, you know the, the benefits person in the company and to work your way through them. Guys, in the, in the minute or two that we have left, I know we started by talking about what voluntary benefits marketplace looked like a number of years ago. What do you fellas see the future looking like, both in any way that you wish to define it? Where's this going? What are advisors likely to see in the next couple of years? What do you see coming down the pike? I think it's only going to become bigger. I think it's going to become much more uh, widespread through the through the entire community as as we do this. I think that it's going to become that the the employer and the employee are going to expect this type of product to be offered to them. I think they're going to rapidly see the benefit of that. They're going to rapidly see that they need to supplement uh, uh, their coverage in order to keep the out-of-pocket expenses that the ACA is causing uh, under control. And so I, I don't see anything but growth cycle for voluntary benefits over the next 5, 10 years. And I'll say brokers just can't have one tool in their toolbox anymore. They've got to diversify. They've got to have a portfolio, a best-in-class solution for their clients or else like you said, there's somebody else that's going to come in that will do it and will will develop a better relationship because they have 
a more diverse portfolio to be able to provide solutions to their clients. So absolutely, I think voluntary benefits is the next gen of the insurance industry and just have to get involved. A great place to end part one of our discussion about voluntary benefits. Matt Bayshore, Gail Stark of Evolve Marketplace. Fellas, thanks so much for spending your time and, and sharing your expertise with our audience. Thanks, Thank you, David. David. We enjoyed it. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of the Saltzman Group. We work with entrepreneurs, executives, and companies just like you to help shape the shifts in your business. To schedule a 20-minute call to learn more, visit our website at thesaltzmangroup.com or call me directly at 803-386-8005. I'd love to hear from you. And while you're on our site, you can also click the podcast tab for the entire catalog of Shift Shapers episodes and to access some really great special offers. Give me a call at 803-386-8005 and learn how to put the secrets of the Ship Shapers to work in your business.